Hello, and welcome to I Love It, Don't You? <laughs> the podcast where friends share with friends, whether they like it or not. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Kim. And I'm Janelle. I seriously forgot the name of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were pointing very, like, powerfully yeah. with your index finger. I like, was trying to call it <laughs> up with my fingers. I was like, like if you have a power stance going on, the words will flow from your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so this week, we are talking about Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. And Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries takes place in 1920s, late 1920s in Melbourne. Melbourne I can't talk. Melbourne, Australia. Um, and Miss Fisher is our heroine. Uh, and she is a flapper, a modern woman, um, and decides to become a lady detective. And in the 1920s, you had to make sure to put the lady on it because it was so unusual. It also has um, de- Detective Inspector Jack Robinson, and then also a lot of lovely side characters who are just as delightful as Miss Fisher. Um, so I made them watch the first five episodes, and uh, I know Elizabeth saw thoughts pretty well. Janelle, give me your thoughts. I thought this was really pretty cool. I mean, I generally like crime stuff. This shouldn't be surprising at all. I, li- I like crime stuff, and I like kind of not flippant for some reason is the word that's coming to my mind but like how she can just like breeze in and do stuff yeah that today would be so bad like the in one of the episodes she like picks up the this piece of porcelain that was underneath the body or whatever and just like palms it and walks away with it i'm like don't do that oh uh, gotcha yeah that's punishable by law <laughs> Um, it's still punishable by law back then. It oh, does, yeah. She doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't care. But, like, the other thing is, though, like, you can't really contaminate the evidence too mm-hmm. awful much because their stuff wasn't, you know, as sophisticated as what we have right. today. Right. There's no such thing as contaminating the evidence. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess moving stuff, like. And there's a little bit, like, she wears gloves in the very beginning and mm-hmm. makes a point of saying she had on gloves when she traipses into a crime scene yeah they do you know but not not nearly as much as today yeah i think they were really only probably fingerprinting back then right i mean of course no dna analysis or anything like that so Mm -hmm. no i thought it was i thought it was pretty cool and she's kind of infectious and stuff but the only thing though that kind of takes me out of it is like i granted i don't know much about australia's history and everything Mm -hmm. but i feel like no matter where (laughs) In 1920, if you behave the way that she does, like, you'd probably be strung up <laughs> or at least ostracized. Mm-hmm. Well, I, it's like the 1920s was like a pretty interesting time because of like the flappers. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about it either, but I feel like the, her behavior is more in line with that movement. I was really. going to say, yeah, I, um, I'm able to suspend my disbelief for that because, yes, yeah, she is definitely supposed to be a flapper, so they were much more progressive. Um, she's also of a higher class society, mm-hmm. so she can get away with more. Mm. If she was somebody in a lower rung of society, yeah, would not tolerate at all. But so, since she's a flapper and of the higher end of society, actually part of the aristocracy—I cannot talk today—aristocracy. Arist- yes. Then she she can get away with more, or in my mind, she can get away with more. So okay. I'm good. Elizabeth, your thoughts before we dive oh. even further in. So, yeah, Kim actually has been wanting me to watch this for a while. And um, I finally did a few weeks ago. And she told me it'd be slow to start off, and it was. But I, like, quickly came to love all of the side characters and Miss Fisher, who is fabulous. Like, 
just fabulous. So I really enjoyed rewatching the first five episodes and seeing the beginning again. Um, yeah, still love it. I was going to say, that's one thing, is because I do think it gets off to a little bit of a slow start. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, once you fall in love with it and watch the other episodes, like, revisiting it, like, I just love it even more. Yeah. And it's not nearly as slow because I've come to understand these people's personalities and characters and whatnot. And so, like, even, like, every interaction with her and Jack Robinson and, like, mm-hmm. it just has a new light to it watching it after I've watched the series more times than I should. And just the other side characters become even more adorable. Like yes. Dot. Like Dot. Ugh, that first episode. She was so adorable. And I think it's in the second episode where she's like saying her nightly prayers and she says, God, if you could just if you have time, maybe give Hugh Collins a sign. I'm pretty that sure that's the Catholic. third episode. Okay, third. That's the third episode. <laughs> and I just thought that was so sweet. I want to talk about the Catholic Protestant thing, but we can do that in a little bit. Because I, I want to um, see who Janelle's, like, favorite side character is. I don't know. I'll have to think of that as I'm saying this, though. I I kind of... Mm. When you say that it felt slow, mm-hmm. I was like, it, it did, and yet I don't know why... Like, I don't know if it actually was or not, because I think you have to immerse yourself in that world. Mm-hmm. Because every couple of minutes like the first episode took me four stinking ever because every couple of seconds I had to go and look up a 1920s Australian slang word that I'd never heard before in my life or look at who this actor was or this actress because I feel like I've seen half the people that are in this show I just have no idea where had you actually seen them because I've looked up a lot of like what they've done and I haven't recognized anything the first episode especially so but I feel like there's been somebody each episode that it's like you're vaguely familiar Mm -hmm. um but like I mean Miranda Otto was in the first episode and she's from Lord of the Rings fame and so I was immediately like I know this name when I saw it in the credits and had to stop Within, like, the first 30 seconds of starting and go and look up who she was. Was that Miss Andrews? Who was that? Yeah, Miss Andrews. Okay. So by the third episode or so, things started quickening for me just because I didn't have to look up so much stuff Mm -hmm. and was kind of getting a feel for the time. So it's like if I know they say anything about red, they're talking about communism Mm -hmm. and fascism Mm -hmm. and stuff like that because I didn't realize that was a thing right around then. Not that it didn't exist, but that it was so salient in Melbourne, apparently. Mm -hmm. So getting used to the time period, then you just quickly get immersed in it and everything. As far as my favorite side characters, I don't know. I mean, Hugh's pretty great. Yeah. Because he's so easily manipulated. (laughs) Um, Bert and Sess are... I really like Bert and Sess, and I can't figure out, like, is she paying them for absolutely everything, or, like, how how deep does that relationship go? Because they just are there no matter what. I feel like they're kind of on retainer. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I feel like they're on retainer, and, like, sometimes she'll pay them extra for different things, but, like... I think, yeah, they're just kind of supposed to be at her beck and call. They act also still have their cab company, but yeah, I think she also, like, gives them some money so that they will like, be be around when she needs mm-hmm. them to. How the heck did she ever, like, hire them? I mean, I'm sure it was, like, some kind of slow buildup or something like that, and then all of a sudden, oh, we're just working for her all the time. But it's like, 
I kind of almost imagine her putting out like a job, like a, a wanted ad or something for like cabbies that don't mind getting their hands dirty. Yeah. Spy work included. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I want to say Bert and Sess, but anytime Mr. Butler has a moment, he's pretty awesome. Yes, yeah. And I love that they they could have really easily gone the route of like, because the, the first time you meet Mr. Butler, he's all he's doing is <laughs> talking about like how great it's going to be that he's going to have you know a miss to work for and that she's going to be easy and predictable. But he, I thought how they were leading with that would be he would just be in opposition to everything she does. But they do the opposite, and he just falls right in step with her. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of makes me want to learn more about him. Like, was the person before him complicated, or is he just like, well, I'm being hired, so I guess I'll do whatever they want. Well, I want to know his backstory, because he's, mm-hmm. got, he's got some backstory. That's oh, what, definitely. We only get, uh, like, little snippets of it. We get very little snippets of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I See, I would probably say, like, I love all of them. And that's, uh, I think, is what makes a great show is when like you have a hard time figuring out like who your favorite is or mm-hmm. or you love everybody you might have a favorite but like there's really nobody you dislike of like the main people or whatever and even the main people who aren't on every show but like for me I probably love Dot she's just so pure oh, yeah. and precious and afraid of the phone in the first episode yeah. which is great and then I also like love like the more I watch it the more I love Mac um, yeah, Dr. I thought, McMillan. I thought she was going to be in there every episode, and then she was I gone. I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's only in, I mean, she's probably in half of the episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she, it, we could definitely use more Mac. But, like, just her and, and Miss Fisher's, like, back and forth. Like, she'll give her little zingers that you won't hear from anybody else and, like, put her in her place that nobody else will. And it's just fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. I like how Dot's shaping up. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think she's adorable when she's, you know, being all innocent and everything. But I think I'm much more fascinated in seeing the wheels turn in her head. Right. So, like, in the fifth episode when she sees Wolfsbane and, like, you can tell she's trying to figure it out. And she's branching out, you know, yes. from being so mm-hmm. innocent. Not that she's going to stop being innocent, but, right. like, she's it's willing in- to learn. And yes. it's interesting to see her kind of evolve by- while still being true to herself. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, she never becomes, like, Miss Fisher, but she does kind of, like, create her own sort of independence and in what she wants from her life. Right. Which right. is different from what Miss Fisher wants. Um, which, and I love it, like, in the first episode, I think it is, like, when Miss Fisher has gone out or whatever and Dot is in her hotel suite and is, like, picks up the study of I forget what the book is but it's some criminology book or whatever Mm -hmm. that Miss Fisher had lying around and Dot has picked it up and started reading it like just because it's interesting to her well and I really like how Miss Fisher gives Dot the space to learn in her own time Mm -hmm. and I mean yeah she's she tries to dispel some of the super irrational things like the fear of the telephone and stuff like that (laughs) but she still lets dot you know have her religion and have her innocence and everything yeah um typically i mean i I can see it going over the line really quickly and i have no idea where that line is by the way (laughs) but she's not overly harsh like if she makes a joke it's not nearly as harsh as she could be yeah about you know, uh, Dot's beliefs and stuff. Right. Yes. So I that, think that's pretty cool. That's one thing I want to bring up is um, this tension between Catholics and Protestants. Like, 
we see it a little bit and it's going to be a continued thing throughout the entire series like how do you all feel about that how do you think it's portrayed well i mean i enjoy watching the back and forth between um Hugh and Dot. Can you remind me, do they go to the dance in the first five episodes? They do. That's the third yeah. episode. That's um Okay, so and then that episode where like he wants to ask her to the dance and I think he even tells Jack, like, I'm afraid that she's Catholic. <laughs> yeah. And Jack is like, It's not like she has two heads <laughs> you know. And then she's like, Well, to my mother she might as well be. I've watched this a lot. Um but I think it's really those exchanges are really endearing. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. That's also the episode that she prays to God to for mm-hmm. if he has the time just to let you know that God is Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think that's so sweet. So I really haven't thought about it more than that. Uh-huh. Just that it makes I think Hugh and Dot's relationship just so adorable at mm-hmm. times. Um, yeah. I I really like how it's presented um i think we forget that that at one point was such a huge tension Mm -hmm. that i mean it might be a little bit of a tension did it you know but it wouldn't be like families disowning you and that sort of thing but so i really i i really find it intriguing and interesting and i love that they bring it up as an issue and they don't just shy away from it it Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, we've decided that we do like each other, and now this is no longer an issue. Like, throughout the entire series, there is that undercurrent. Well, and it makes sense, though, because if you look at every episode, every plot line in some some new, fresh way is about class struggle and, and struggling with the societal status quo mm-hmm. and everything like that. Like, expectations, I suppose, is a better way to put it, putting it. So it makes sense that that would be something that is also of conflict in the series. Because, I mean, we go from, like, communism to religion to all of these different things, and each plotline is about somebody being dissatisfied with where they're at. Which, I mean, kind of is a common, you know, thing for murder. But, so, seeing it in in Hugh and Dot is, is pretty interesting, because instead of being, like... A bad thing you can kind of see that they both are thinking like they don't think each other are like satan or anything right you know yeah. they're it's it kind of seems like they want to be able to move past it like they want to stick in their comfort zones but at the same time they it's i don't know i'm losing my point but it's like it doesn't just immediately turn to rivalry and it's also not like it almost kind of feels like they're at least working their way to where they want societal change to where it's not mm-hmm. a faux pas mm-hmm. to like each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know plenty of religious groups that as soon as they find a difference, they're like, no, 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 we're drawing a line in the sand. Right. We're going off. We're making our own little church. We're new denomination, all of this good kind of stuff. Whereas these people, they actively want to make it work somehow. Granted, mm-hmm. they don't want to be the one to change, but right. yeah. I don't know. It's pretty cool. That leads me to, like, I really enjoy how this show kind of brings about some of those things that were issues then and are issues today maybe in different ways. And and just kind of some of the issues that they approach, but they approach it from that time period. I don't know if if I'm making a lot of sense, but one is, like, homosexuality. Yeah. They bring that up in episode three. Mm -hmm. And also 
just the way in which they bring up adult adultery and mm-hmm. I feel like they bring up a lot of issues and play it for how it would be played in the 1920s but definitely speaking to today That's, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um and also just entire like she's definitely a feminist character and whatnot and and definitely in that same way like so do you all have thoughts on that? I agree with what you're saying and I'm going to like look now when I watch it I'm going to think more about how can this also be applied to um, today's norms. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this was kind of along the same lines. That was one of the things that brought me out of it was because I was feeling like at least, okay, so in America, at the very least, a lot of the time things were ultra conservative in the 20s. But then, I mean, there were flappers and stuff, and I don't know much about that, but I know that there were sections that were just so ultra conservative and things like that so that's been my mindset Mm -hmm. so watching this it's it's taken me out of it quite a bit thinking that we were putting our what's becoming our norms onto it but so how much is it like this in the book the book's a lot like it too in those regards from what i'm not real far in the book the book is a lot different in other ways but see to me the 20s were always this big mass contradiction they're they're known as the roaring 20s yes you it was a time of prohibition Mm -hmm. and huge conservatism but it was also a time of then all the speakeasies all the people making sure they get their alcohol flappers who Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff so you had two very opposite ends of the spectrum so it rings true for me like I haven't I haven't studied that time period a whole lot but for me from what I think of the 20s like it rings very true true and also like those speakeasies are a reaction and that lifestyle is a reaction to the conservative you know like because they were like trying to oppress that lifestyle it just gave it a new avenue mm-hmm. to right. like they were like we're not gonna stop partying <laughs> <laughs> you know like uh, sometimes I wish we'd go back to prohibition because I want to go to speakeasy <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess a lot of women's issues that I think we're still also dealing with today abortion contraception mm-hmm. access to it who has access to it we know right. Miss Fisher has it mm-hmm. but are the lower class people able to afford that you know and it doesn't deal directly, I don't think, with that. Maybe the reason for my misconception is just because we don't see much conservatism at all in this. Which makes sense, mm-hmm. though, because we are seeing this all from the perspective of an upper-class person who is friends with sympathizers, and yeah. we're seeing the crime that's in those areas. So I guess we wouldn't see much conservatism. I mean, we see a little bit of it, but we don't actually see it in action too much. We see it, um, we see it through Hugh and Dot in some ways. Um, and we, we see it through aunt P or aunt Prudence. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, and her disapproval of her niece's lifestyle Mm -hmm. and her two short skirts, her two short skirts, her skirts that are the same length from when she was a child or something like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, like, it's not nearly as salient as the alternative lifestyle. Uh So I think that's part of the reason why it pulls me out, I guess, because I'm not thinking about it correctly is part of it. For me, I think, like, that's part of the fun, though, is, like, I just want to watch her in this world that she's created. Yeah, I like watching it. I I almost feel like she's a 21st century character, and I I know it's not realistic sometimes, but I do enjoy watching this 21st century character interact with people in the 1920s Mm -hmm. and have these really progressive ideals. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, because, and some of them, yeah, some of the ideas might be 
not completely accurate for that time, but I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I think as part of it is I like watching that. Um, so that leads me to like we've talked about whether or not shows are hitting us over the head with feminism, whether or not they're the character is just exuding feminism or whatever, or if it's more like I'm telling you because I'm not showing you very well. And I want to know how you feel Miss Fisher does on that spectrum. I think she both shows you and tells you. I don't know. That's interesting. Because I don't think it's a how-to manual no. about feminism, which I'm very happy about. I don't know. I, well, the thing is it comes off more as empathy than anything. You think so? Yeah. Because, I mean... I think this was probably the the thing that I had hardest time swallowing, I guess, was that she was just so easily dismissive of the idea of somebody getting an abortion in that time period. Like, not dismissive of it, but, like, she was so empathetic, which I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that we shouldn't be. Like, we definitely should be. But everything that she does seems to be from a perspective of empathy or from, okay, let's just, just... chill out a little bit and have a little bit of fun so i think in that way that's it's not beating you across the head as this is feminism because she's not it doesn't feel like she's declaring that at all she's Mm -hmm. just saying i'm a person and i'm gonna do this thing Mm -hmm. you know so in that perspective i think it's it's pretty great now for us looking at it i think it all screams to us feminism just because we know that that's with with her being this kind of beacon in the middle of this time period, mm-hmm. it feels like it is, but I don't think it is. I think like that sense? I also think that um, so it's also kind of like she's embracing everything that she loves about being a woman, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy watching. No, I do really like that is because a lot of times I think sometimes when we see people who are supposed to be the feminist character or whatever, mm-hmm. like we see a portrayal about power yes. and that is how it is and she definitely has power but she also definitely d- does not have power sometimes in just that she's a woman in the 1920s yeah. but she likes the finer things she's okay she wants to look pretty she wants to sit there and be dressed nicely and all of these things and she embraces that too and so I really like that that it's not like it's one or the other yeah. it's you know, that makes me think of the gun that she carries. She's oh my kind gosh, of like, I love the gun she I carries. Know. She makes me want to carry a gun just as an accessory. <laughs> like, I don't want to use it, but I just want to have one so I can carry it around. You know, like, it's like this great accessory, but it's also like, she's like, I can protect myself. I can take care of myself. Right. And she's also kind of like, you said that she's more like, I'm a person. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like I'm a feminist, but I'm a person. I also think that she's like, this is how you're going to treat me, mm-hmm. you know? Like, she doesn't right. really accept, like, being treated as a second-class citizen. Even yeah. though there's, you know, a lot of times where you just can't escape that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be treated as a second-class citizen, especially if you're a woman in the 1920s or anybody but a man in the 1920s. Um, but she's like, you can't treat me that way. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, so I, I think the show does really well in that – And I think there's an advantage to having this type of character and placing her in the 1920s. And so she doesn't have to sit there and say blah, 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 blah. And she gets to show you and be that person. And, but you see her as a feminist or, you know, and, Mm -hmm. but you get to, you get to see this without having to sit there and say it so much. You were saying about like the empathy and stuff. Like, I love that about her. I think that makes her such a more complex character and why 
why I love her is like we see she's not just somebody who loves to party and takes life frivolously. From outside appearances, she would be. But that's not what it's about. That's not why she keeps getting dragged into these different murder investigations. She wants justice for these people. She um, has a deep sense of compassion. And we see a little bit of some of of what has led her to that. And we know something happened to her sister when she was um, younger. And she's confronted the man who has been accused of doing something to her sister. But they don't. He's never admitted to it. And so, like, we see, like, how that has shaped her, and there's just different moments in the first five episodes where we see kind of sometimes her more brokenness. Like, in, I think it's the fourth episode where the Latvian is shot down at the docks or whatever, and we see how holding him and stemming the flow of blood has affected her and we see her flashing back to the war and that she served as a nurse or whatever and and we see her just kind of crumbled into herself in the bathtub like and that just to me like having those different layers and seeing that just adds to the complexity and the love I have for her and I think they do a really good job with that of of showing us that she's not all just like fun and doesn't care. She definitely does care. She chooses to try to look at the lighter stuff, but in her quiet moments, we still see how much everything gets to her. Yeah. And I really like that. I think about that and how like she, I this I don't think this is a spoiler. I know it's something she says later in the five episodes, but at one point she says, I'm not the marrying kind. And I think about that a lot with her relationship with Jack. Mm-hmm. And like, how does she picture is that because I do think Jack means more to her than the other men that we see in her life, even in the first five episodes. Right. But I, is she, is that like her end game? Like, will they just like not get married? I could see her doing that. Like, not, I kind of think about, I really want to think about their future. <laughs> I could kind of see them not getting married, but then Jack. But Jack's married. That's true. And that <laughs> is a big obstacle. So, so I'm going to start talking about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, oh, okay. Well, I have like, do you have thoughts on what we've just been saying, Janelle? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. The big thing about her and Jack that I like is um, I didn't even realize he was still married. This is what I was going to ask. Until is- the, the fifth episode. I knew he had been. I didn't know if yeah. he currently was. Um, you keep flailing your arm. What do you want to well, say? No, that, that was what I was going to ask, is if you picked up in episode two where he makes reference to his wife. I knew that he made reference to one, but I okay. didn't know if they still were married. Because there's no wedding ring that we can see. He doesn't talk about her very much. Mm-hmm. He's really reserved and everything. So uh, I, I didn't know for sure. I like, though, that she is... I don't know if you can call it flirtatious. She's just her around him. Yeah. She doesn't try to seduce him. She. This is, I think, the most admirable thing about her to me is is that Miss Fisher gives people the space to be them. Mm-hmm. That I feel like that's really, really important in in no matter what age, whatever time, and mm-hmm. everything. Because so many people, they feel like if I have these beliefs, they have to be yours. Yeah. And you're gonna get them by osmosis, or you're gonna get them by me yelling at you preferably both so i like that about them uh, what you were saying earlier kim though about her complexity um i really really enjoyed that 
she basically said she'd just bring hellfire down on the dude. <laughs> um, the, the guy who supposedly took her sister. It's a nice twist here. She's, yeah, like she knows that it was horrible stuff and she's like, I don't care. I'm going to do that to you. So there you go. When I kept talking about it and Elizabeth finally started watching it to shut me up, I also mentioned it to Rebecca. So Rebecca started watching it. And so she uh, texted me when Miss Fisher tells tells the man that she would do what he did to her sister and worse and then fix her lipstick or whatever it is. Not even have to. Not even mess up. Yeah. Rebecca like texted and she's like, that's that's when she had me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For me, it was when she, uh, when Aunt P asked her where she going or why she thinks she can go somewhere that late at night. And she pulls out the gun out of her handbag and (laughs) says, I have a gun. (laughs) For me, it wasn't a Miss Fisher moment. It was that moment where Dot is saying her nightly prayers. And we've already said the line like three times. Right. But <laughs> but that's like the moment. And I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> I just love this. I really, I really like Jack and her relationship. I find it interesting how it builds and changes throughout the seasons. Um, and right now we're definitely seeing where they're just starting to get to know each other. You know, like just starting to build this friendship. Mm-hmm. Um and I really like, you might see it a little bit in the first five, but you definitely see it in the first season, is Miss Fisher doesn't let a lot of people see when she's breaking down. She doesn't let a lot of people see kind of that other side of her. She does show that to Jack. They just also, like, he can keep up with her, like mm-hmm. her witty comments and intellectually. That's um, I really enjoy that. Like, I really, I like the first two episodes, but I really feel like the third episode is where we really start seeing more of mm-hmm. the show as, as it is from there on out and kind of the relationship between her and Jack. Because we start seeing them being a little more playful with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I love when she bribes him with food to see the uh, photos. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, in episode five where she says, I'd bet my hat on it. And he comes back with a smart aleck comment of, I'm not sure it would look good on me. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is just kind of, like, those first moments of you seeing that Jack does have this playful mm-hmm. side and isn't just this super serious um, detective inspector. Oh, I love... Um I think it's at the end of the third episode where he is looking at her mug shots that she took. That was adorable. I was like, that's so cute. I don't know what to make of it now, though, because now that we find out that he's separated from his wife, it's kind of like, is he wanting to have an affair or is it just like a don't playful they relationship? Don't talk about that? Like, I was going to say, I feel like in that episode, they make it very clear he is not okay with affairs. Yes. And also, oh, true. Like, you're right. You're right. Like, um, Marriage is still marriage, or something like that. He says something that yeah, she's like, especially for a man of honor. Mm-hmm. So like she's also saying, I respect. Right. You. I True. Might, yeah. I might be flirting with you. I might, you know, I might have some loose morals, but I respect that you respect your marriage. Right. Like, yeah. No, I, I forgot you. about that. Yeah. I, I forgot about that because I mm-hmm. just now thought of the oh yeah the pictures and I'm like. Right. Don't cheat on your wife, Jack. Don't yeah. do it. It's not worth it. She's really cool, but don't. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's really cool, but don't. I love that. Um, okay, also one of my favorite exchanges between Jack and Miss Fisher. Jack isn't even there. It comes from Hugh Collins. And it's like, um, I think it's the second episode we're on the train. <laughs> yes. And, he, and, like, I guess Miss Fisher asks for Jack, like, 
And he was like, and he told me to tell you to please stop branding his name about at your convenience. And she's like, well, let him know that none of this is very convenient. <laughs> I'm like, I love it so much. Episode two, I really like because it gives us a, a plot development mm-hmm. that I love. Um, early on in the episode, she says undoubtedly how much she is not a, she does not like children and is so glad she doesn't have children. Um, and then when Jack decides to let her help because he doesn't know how to speak to this um, runaway child. Yeah. And she's like, no, I don't do children. Um, so over and over again in that episode, it gets established, like, Miss Fisher and children, no. But then by the end of the episode, she is taking Jane into her care. Mm-hmm. Um, this this, chi- this runaway child that she had brought to her house so she could get information out of her, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but then started to see, like, what that child had gone through and where that child was from and whatnot. And by the end of the episode she has decided she wants to keep this child and i love that she kept jane yes i forget that jane exists though that's the only thing jane's not in it every episode and actually after season one jane's only in it like two more times yeah but she's still there yeah but i i wish it had kind of been clarified whether or not she stays like is this school that she goes to is it a boarding school or is um no I, I got the fact that it was a day school because miss fisher gets up early one morning to see jane off before she goes to school yeah right i didn't yeah i didn't know if that was just because she was going to be suspended or something oh. so she was home to discuss it or what but it's that's like probably the one fault to me is that i know that you can like easily become bloated with characters but it was just like she popped back up a couple episodes after she'd been there, and I was like, oh, yeah, this kid's supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Where's she been? So that's a little bit annoying to me. I wish they kind of established that a little bit more. I think that episode was to help establish Oh, yeah, that. it was. Um, I wish they'd done it earlier. I guess that, part of it is I'm too used to shows that don't handle stuff like that well, right. and people just drop off the face of the planet, and, like, three seasons later you go, wait, where is that person it's not like jane just dropped off like there was one episode between that and the next episode that mentioned her Mm -hmm. it's just these are long episodes and a lot happens in each episode then it might seem longer yeah but because it was episode two that she keeps her in episode four where they're i'm pretty sure where they're dealing with um the assassination attempts Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah i don't know it's just not my favorite i just wish it was laid out a little bit better i guess i just like love the moments it brings about yeah that we see from miss fisher oh yeah dealing with it um and like i absolutely adore the exchange and text it to elizabeth just about every time i watch it (laughs) when miss fisher and jane are talking at the end of the second episode and jane's asking when she's sending her back to welfare and miss fisher tells her she doesn't think she can and Mm -hmm. jane warns her that she's not a very nice girl miss fisher says that she's not either yeah love it i love it so i i really love that too oh okay one of my favorite moments Cess and bert um where <laughs> i think it's Cess gets married or is getting married and mm-hmm. bert gets really upset with him because he's not gonna be like he thinks that he's not gonna be driving the cab with him anymore and i think it's just so adorable how upset he is there's he's such like, children <laughs> in that episode it's fantastic yes oh it's just one of my favorites and one of the reasons i really do just love those two characters so much 
I didn't like it that they were fighting. Oh, you didn't? No, I felt it kind of, it, it felt like it came out of nowhere, but I like the resolution of it, that it's like, Bert, who I've always thought of as the tough one, mm-hmm. is like, apparently the short man, and can't really stick up for himself very well, and so Seth has to come in and be like, no, stop beating up on my friend, get yeah. out of here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I see. <laughs> He has short man syndrome. That's adorable. <laughs> See, I didn't, I don't like that they're fighting because they shouldn't be fighting, but I think it's funny. Yeah. Um, and I, like, it just shows how much, like, Sess means to Bert. Bert just doesn't know how to, like, say it, and he's afraid mm-hmm. he's losing his friend, so he, like, then just, like, shoves him out the door. Right. Um, well, if you're going to leave, then leave. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, like, that is pretty adorable, and I... Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that they're still doing their cab company together. <laughs> okay, so one thing that I've, uh, as I've watched it, what do y'all think about, like, the actual mysteries? Do you even care about the actual mysteries? I I do care about the mysteries, and I think that they're so they're really well done. Uh, I'm always trying to figure out who did it, and I, I usually can't figure it out even though when I rewatch. <laughs> like, I mean, I rewatch, and I, I do know. What. Right. But I, then I can kind of see how the clues all came together and everything. Yeah. I really enjoy the mystery part. I do. I usually just find that I've forgotten the secondary mystery because it feels like pretty much all of them have two mysteries in one and they kind of meet in the middle and they solve each other. Mm-hmm. And I kind of tend to forget about the one because there's, there's always the main one that they're focusing on. Not that this is a bad thing at all, but this is a show that you don't really want to be doing anything else while you're yeah. while you're watching. Um, especially when you mix in, you know, the accents and the slang and everything. You really have to be paying attention to remember, why the crap are Bert and Sess running after this guy, like the the army guy in the fifth episode? And that's not a fault by any means. That's great if if you have something that you have to pay attention to. I like it when shows don't force feed me things. Mm -hmm. Mm Yes. I don't remember where I was going with that. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I like the mysteries a lot. I just tend to kind of get lost in them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to kind of regroup. But, yeah. So, for me, I really, I do like the mysteries. I feel like they're done really well and complex. Um, and it is hard to, like, kind of guess, especially on first watching, like, guess the ending. Even on, like, second, like, when I rewatched for the first time a couple months ago, like, I had forgot, like, it was like, I vaguely remember, but I kind of don't. And so the mysteries, even like the second time after like a year of not having watched it, like I couldn't even call every like twist and turn there too. But yeah, but I do, I do find that I, I enjoy the mysteries. Then I also find sometimes like I can turn it on since I've watched it so much, I can turn it on and ignore the mysteries and then just tune in for my moments that I love. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I do the same thing. <laughs> Only I'm like I usually I've started putting it on when I'm like reading because I've developed a habit where I can't do just one thing. I have to be doing two things at once. Um, so it's really nice. I'll be reading and then I'll look up. I'm like, oh, this is a good moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any any final thoughts? No, don't think so. Okay. Oh, uh, well, no. Hold on. I do admire that Essie Davis is actually Australian and that she does a really, really good British accent. Um, is she supposed to be doing a British accent or is she supposed yeah. to be doing an Australian accent? Because she grew or up Or kind in of a mix of both Australia. because I, Miss Fisher is Australian. Yeah. Okay. 
I, maybe it's a mix of both then. I don't know. But, like, it, it isn't straight up an Australian accent, and it isn't straight up a British accent. Um, for me, like, the the accents don't sound very strong for any of the characters. No, they don't. But And they're all, like, Australian actors. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you can notice it sometimes, but, like... Yeah, so I never really thought of Miss Fisher as having a British accent. See, I, I did, of course, that's part of it. I don't understand the history behind a lot of this, so I thought that she was, I thought she was British. Yeah, it so makes sense. I don't know. It kind of makes sense that you would assume that because she is arriving the first episode. Um, but originally, she was born in Australia. Which, okay. and they, I mean, they kind of briefly make reference to it that because. Uh, Dr. McMillan in the very first few minutes asks kind of like why she's back or whatever mm-hmm. um, and then says you know like we I know why you're back and, and it's about Janie it's about her little sister right um, well, I guess that makes sense yeah. so th- this happened to her little sister in Australia right um, no, and then sense. also at some point when she's talking to Aunt P Miss Fisher says something about well it's a good thing like somebody died in the war and my father got a title so we we really like so the breadcrumbs have been laid out where something happened to somebody that her father was related to in World War One, and he got the title, and that's when they moved to Britain. Okay. Yeah. So it was during World War One. So, like, there's the, uh, this was one of the notes, like, the notes that I was taking as I was rewatching this time was kind of, like, what what has been revealed? <laughs> because there is a lot of backstory that gets laid out through the three seasons. So it's like, what what am I allowed to tell people? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. No, I guess that's just one of the things. Stuff moves very quickly and also not at the same time <laughs> yeah. in this show. So that's – and that was probably at the time where I was looking up, like, what does – honorable mean because they keep calling her the honorable miss fisher what's going on here Mm -hmm. so okay this is apparently this entire episode is just me having a thought and then finding out how wrong i am (laughs) so we've watched it a lot yeah i've I've thought about this stuff a lot (laughs) (laughs) um so elizabeth i know you'll rewatch it occasionally and whatnot um, but you can answer that for yourself if you want. Oh, like. yeah. Like, um, I'm probably going to go home and put it on tonight while I'll read, you know, because I just can't, like, I'm trying to find another show. But then I'm like, I want to read. I, it's just like a thing. I don't know. I don't know if I want to read or if I want to start a new TV show. And right now I think I'm leaning towards reading. And I want to have the company of Miss Fisher while I read. I completely understand. <laughs> uh, my brother can vouch for that because I'm driving him crazy. With because every time he comes home, I'm watching Miss Fisher, it seems like. He's like, you've watched that already. Your point? Yeah. Um, Janelle, will you keep watching? Uh, probably. I don't know that I'm going to start right away. Um, it's. I have been bound and, and determined to watch the rest of Grimm. Mm-hmm. But... All the DC stuff came back on this week, and so then I had to, like, catch up with all of that mm-hmm. and everything. So I really want to finish Grimm before I dive into anything else, and I'm really close. I'm so close with Grimm. So okay. yeah. eventually I'm probably going to come back to this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm, I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah. That's a nice surprise. I mean, I guess... Uh, why it, would it be surprising? Because we never know how you're going to react yeah, to anything. I love crime never. stuff. I love yeah. it. Criminal Minds, that's my jam. Yeah. But it's not you like, I don't know why. I just, I literally just never know. So it's always a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, that was one thing, like, I wanted to, like, mention is, uh, so this show, like, it can be very dark, but, 
when I think of it, I don't think of it as a dark show. No. Yeah. But it deals with some dark stuff. It de- yeah. Um, I mean, and we see that in the first five episodes, and we see that later, too, much later. But, like, when you get done with a dark episode, like, you don't feel like you've watched something just completely dark. Which is why I can't do things like Criminal Minds, because that you know, like, oh, straight dark. out, it's dark. Um, this is much more, I like my, my crime shows, crime show light. Yeah. <laughs> I like <laughs> where, that. Where, where you have... <laughs> sassiness and (laughs) bantering and and whatever Mm -hmm. to help balance out the darkness um so what have you all been obsessed with janelle grimm yeah i've really i even though i've been watching grimm so much like i've kind of gotten into a little bit of a show hole at the same time so i've really kind of been watching oh not a tv show but i've really started watching a lot of more let's players on youtube so uh video game players Mm. um and so i'm really enjoying watching markiplier markiplier play the little nightmares series if you like kind of creepy video games it's really cool i just i don't really understand watching other people play games i think this is just where maybe my oldness comes in but like that's just one of those fads i do not get at all i didn't know that was a thing until just now (laughs) (laughs) so what have i been obsessed with lately elizabeth ask herself (laughs) (laughs) miss fisher obviously also was rewatching once upon a time a lot and reading books specifically cressley cole like i'm just obsessed right now just obsessed and then I've also been listening to Crooked Media podcasts because I have a podcast empire and I've just been listening mm. to all of it. And I just wait just every day. I'm like, because now they've gotten to where they release a podcast every day. Like each of their Crooked Media has like several different podcasts and each of one of them releases an episode a day. So I'm just like, when's the next one going to come out? <laughs> like, but don't listen to that if you're not ready to deal with reality. Like, nah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to geek out. Okay. But, like, tomorrow, love it or leave it, I'm going to get to listen to that episode. And it's, I'm just really excited because it's funny. And I love John Lovett, not the comedian, just like guy that likes politics um so i've been obsessing over miss fisher still uh but also i got into a little obsession i revisited i zombie Mm. um because at some point during last season i just kind of stopped watching every episode i i got tired of checking in because some sometimes when you're watching live you know it's just like meh yeah (laughs) but so i picked it up from where i had left it off and finished the rest of season two and then caught up to live today and now I'm like dang it like because I only had to wait like for a day for the next new episode but it was still too long and I just yeah I remembered how much like I really do love that show I would like to do a complete rewatch soon but I also kind of want to dive into something completely new too show wise I'm itching to try this like uh, Netflix show Cable Girls and I keep eyeing it but then I'm like oh I want to read so I don't know yeah I haven't, I've seen that show, but I haven't, like, heard anything about it. No, so I haven't heard anything about I it I need either. you to watch it and tell me if I should watch it. Yeah, um, I was kind of hoping you would watch it and then tell me if I could watch, see, should watch it. Catastrophe so. is the one that keeps, like, popping up in my oh, mind. Uh, the, I want to know what that, okay, so the, I'll watch Cable Ghost okay. and you watch that and then we'll see. Because um, we season three just came out on Amazon for Catastrophe and I've heard great things about yes. the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah. Anyways, but... 
what are you going to make us do for next time, Janelle? So next week, we are going to watch Sirens. Um, it's a show done by Dennis Leary and other people, but he's the kind of the big name behind it. It's the it's half an hour long episode, so we'll be watching the first 10, and they are available on Netflix. Another thing to note, though, is that there's a lot of language in this. Not really, like, full nudity, but there's nudity and um, just some mature themes and things even though it is a comedy. So take that into consideration if you're going to watch it with us, and maybe we'll see you then. Yeah. If you want more I Love It Don't You content, visit iloveitdontyou.wordpress.com. You can also find us on all the social media websites and just follow us. Let us know what you thought. Um, If you like us to do something, if you have show recommendations, and if you really enjoyed us, we'd really appreciate a review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys.